Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. What's good in the hood, y'all? Zero G here with a warm welcome back to the Blurdy Massacre podcast, the best place to soak up all things spooky, black, and dirty. Woo! So I have been waiting a very long time for an appropriate setting to talk my shit on this topic. And here we are. Blessings. Uh, but before we get into all of that, let's do what we do. Let's introduce our hosts. Hello, everyone. I'm Brother Ghoulish host of Brother Ghoulish's Tomb and Brother Ghoulish's Dragula Breakdown and The Altar Tapes. And I'm still happy to be here. I'm not convinced that I've left. I don't think I ever turned StreamYard off. (laughs) (laughs) Turn these lights off in my house, Ryan. Um, (laughs) I am Sheree the Slayer. I am half of A Nightmare on Fear Street, one-eighth of The Altar Tapes. I write for Dread, and I just have shenanigans on the Twitter, if you're following me. The shenanigans. <laughs> and over here, y'all, I am Zero Gravity, digital creator and host, a.k.a. New York City's spookiest MC. And, uh, yeah, let's get into it. All right? So, what's poppin'? Before we get into our topic, what's poppin'? Let's see what's really going down in the horror community right now, y'all. The first thing I want to bring up is... A potential shining stage play, which has me on freaking cloud nine. Um, I was really disappointed. Unfortunately, I missed um, Beetlejuice and I also missed King Kong on Broadway, uh, which was devastating. Um, I was planning on getting to them eventually, but then the pandemic knocked both of them out. But now we have uh, rumors of the shining stage play, which honestly, I think will could translate amazingly to a production, a live production. Um, The news was kind of a a shaky place to to start. Um, People just say, see The Shining adaptation, they think a remake. And so naturally, if you're looking up for these articles uh, on The Shining stage play, just like don't check the comments (laughs) because there's going to (laughs) be nasty, uh, uh, stubborn fans who just don't, want anything nice but personally i think that the shining could be a really awesome stage play and it does have plans uh in the somewhere in the future to make it to broadway so you bet your ass i'm gonna be all up in there 
Got to see it at least twice. Have to. And also Ben Stiller, I think, is rumored to to be uh, uh, holding the part as Jack. We'll see, though. I'm here for that, especially because I'm one of those people who I just don't love The Shining as like a movie. I think a book, it's really great. And I think that Stanley Kubrick, on top of all his other problems, missed the heart of the book. And the remake that Stephen King produced, which was a miniseries with Stephen Weber, it got closer to getting more of the book, but something wasn't completely right. And so maybe stage is where it needs to be to get most of it across. I like that. <clears throat> Ooh. Mm. Well, I like um, <laughs> that, si- <laughs> that point because I am somebody who like grew up loving The Shining before I knew about the sins of Stanley Kubrick. And I've always thought that it would be a good idea at some point to revisit The Shining because I see it as one of those really good horror stories that um, could live on. And that's why, like, when Doctor Sleep came out, I was somewhat excited, but it's still kind of on Stanley Kubrick's, like, plot Mm -hmm. of land. Like, that's what he built the house upon. So this is exciting for me. I I would like to see this on stage. And, And I didn't read the book. But from what you're saying, I know, right? Like, I feel like I should, though, based on what you're saying right now, because maybe that contributed to why the film worked for me so much, because I didn't have that comparative point. If you read the book, Ryan, you will find new reasons to be angry with Stanley Kubrick, because the book is so much better than the movie. And he was like, let's cut out all the things that make people sympathetic. Um, and let's just have this monster run around this hotel and let's, let's torture our lead. And I'm like, but like, can, don't you have other hobbies, Stanley? Don't you? And he's like, of course not. I'm a director. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I like them both equally. Um yeah, there's definitely okay. So the book is like hella thorough, right? And that's why I think that this is gonna make such a great stage play because we can have a three and a half hour story and not lose any of those details that were cut out for the sake of you know having a watchable movie that doesn't make your back hurt for sitting for too long. Um, and, you know, I'm I'm just imagining the set. I'm imagining the uh, the hedge scene. I'm just really curious. Uh, I am a fan of just productions in general. People are you know take totally creative routes. Um, I I got to see like a couple clips from King Kong um, on Broadway. Um, the the uh, the set design was like incredible. We had a black lead, puppetry, all that stuff. So with something as insane as The Shining, I'm I'm with it. I'm going to be in that seat, y'all. But- and this will, this will be the second Stephen King that I know went to stage because Misery happened, but it was Bruce Willis and he was not good at lines. So Laurie Metcalf had to feed him the lines because oh. it was Laurie Metcalf and Bruce Willis. Um, And <laughs> it was, I heard awful things about it from all over. And I'm sure people were going to wreck on that because Bruce Willis is retiring for health reasons. Okay. Um, I didn't even know that happened. Did it make it to neither. Broadway? I, I, let me Google. Cause I don't want to be over here lying and giving bad information, but I, it was bad. I just remember people. <laughs> reading the film. Damn. I mean, you, how do you fuck up misery? That's such a perfect story. But that cast, it had to be on Broadway and people were upset about it. I'm let me just double check though. It would have to be Kathy Bates. Sorry, like there's oh. no yeah. other option. And because Lori Metcalf played Mrs. Loomis, I want to see her play that role. Um, but I was not gonna shell it out to see Bruce Willis not know his lines. 
Bruce Willie. Not Bruce Willie. <laughs> B Willie. B Willie. <laughs> um, I think it was on Broadway. The New York Times article. Yeah, 2015. Ha ha ha. Oh damn. So not that long ago. Yeah, no, like it was, it was one of those things because it was back when I was like, I might go to um, New York finally because I'd never been. And people were like, well, you know who's there? I'm like, I don't want to see that. Oh. <laughs> 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 I want to do something else. <laughs> That's too much. Well, when it finally drops, y'all got a place to stay. Hey. <laughs> All right, moving on. The Evil Dead Beta is, unfortunately, by the time y'all are going to be hearing this, is long over. Um, but we had some really, really great feedback from the people who did get beta codes um, that were able to play the game. Um, it's a multiplayer powwow um, based around the Evil Dead with the characters that we know and love. Um, and it's gotten great freaking reviews, which I'm very stoked about because usually like a beta is a beta is a beta. Um, I'm not like super in it in it but the last beta i did play was back for blood and it was fine um i'm a really big fan of um that franchise the left for dead franchise so i was all in there but you know a beta is a beta is a beta it was buggy it had his uh it was you know only a certain amount uh playable um i took it for what it was it was fine um, but that's usually the concerns that people have when they check out a beta for the first time. But I did, unfortunately, wasn't able to see any gameplay just because of copyright and all that good stuff. Um, but the gamers are very pleased, which is awesome because the gamers are never pleased, like horror fans, <laughs> never pleased. So when I see all these positive reviews from the Evil Dead beta, which means it's not even, you know, ironed out yet, uh, I'm just makes me even more excited to play it when it finally does drop i believe may 13th so we only have a little bit longer to go um yeah it, it looks like maybe it could be the second coming of dead by daylight which is dying down a little bit now but i'm there i'm definitely excited um and if mark estes is listening to this i'm, I'm sorry <laughs> he, he told me about it first and i was kind of like eh, i don't you know like i don't know i don't know and you're talking about it, and I'm like, mm. but hey. the, re the reality is, like, Dead by Daylight is what me, Mark, and Bobby, like, and and Mike do together. Like, we we play Dead by Daylight, and before that, I was never really much of a gamer. It was something that um, has more so scared me because it feels too immersive as a horror fan. Like, Resident Evil has scared me too much. Tomb Raider was too frightening. Um, Tomb Raider, just being honest. Um, specifically Tomb Raider 2 for PC. Um, I believe it was, was Windows 2000. Um, ooh, I didn't get that far. I, I only <laughs> got as far as like her going down this sliding um, dip into the Amazon. And then oh. there's like a big hole. And I'm like, and I stopped playing because I'm like, <laughs> if, if the hole is that big, what is about to come out of it? <laughs> and, my, and my older brother, who was really good at gaming, he told me like, um, Right, I don't mean to spoil it for you, but ju just walk, like just go for. I'm like, no, because they tricked me with the original Resident Evil, so I didn't trust him. I was like, no, I'm not walking. I can't play. And my dad's like, I didn't buy you this damn game just for you to like stop right here. I'm like, you don't understand. Like, I was very frightened. I were you the kid who just like played in the practice room and then got rid of the game when you were done playing the practice room? Yeah, it was you. Yeah. <laughs> 
but I'm I'm older now, so maybe I can handle this game. And I'm sorry, Mark, because it does sound exciting. And I like the Evil Dead, so. Yeah, I think, you know, it's not no Resident Evil type. I don't think this one is really going to, like, grab you from behind and, like, whisper terrifying things in your ear. As more... Yeah. <laughs> I mean, hey, if you're a Resident Evil fan, you're a Resident Evil fan. Because I'll eat that shit up. I eat it for breakfast. Right. But, like... That and Silent Hill got me through my whole childhood. No. <laughs> I was like, let's do it. Which one is scarier from experience, like playing Silent Hill or Resident Evil? Resident Evil. I mm. find Silent Hill scarier because they throw that fog at you and then they start throwing like weird metalhead <laughs> nurses and aliens and shit at you. And you're like, oh no. And then they're like, let's fuck with you in the cutscenes too. I'm like, no, I should have a place to pause. Whereas <laughs> Resident Evil is like zombies, zombie dogs, Wesker's a surfer. And you're like, what? <laughs> What was the name of that one game where you had to picture ghosts? Like you had to like snap pictures of Fatal ghosts? Frame. That was also frightening. I tried that game too. No, it was on Nintendo GameCube because I <laughs> I wanted a copy. I never got one. I got so many other like horror games that were like mid. And I was like, I just want Final Frame. And my mother was like, not with that price, you don't. Here's hmm. this off-brand game. I'm like, damn it. <laughs> you this didn't miss out. It was very frightening, Sheree. Um, take it from me. I would have lived. I, I'm gonna find it. I'm gonna. That's what I'm gonna do, y'all. I'm gonna find a GameCube. I'm gonna find a copy of Fatal Frame, and I'm gonna live my best adult childhood. Oh, Listen, so for uh, Mario Day, March 10th, I literally dusted off. Actually, I dusted off my GameCube twice in the past like five months. Wow. Once, just this month, or just last month, Mario Day. And every time Mario Day rolls around, I get salty because I'm Team Luigi. So I'll go through the entire Luigi's Mansion discography just because Luigi is prime and he'd be sucking up ghosts and saving Mario and, like, nobody wants to bat an eye at why he's the superior superior plumber. But anyway, listen, Luigi's Mansion. And then also when uh, the Matrix, uh, the new Matrix movie came out, I did play that Matrix game on GameCube and you could play as um Niobe uh which is a great freaking time. I still got those two classic GameCube. Mm, chef's kiss. Oh, immaculate. Yeah. Well the Ma- the Matrix game was actually pretty trash but you know good for uh you know nostalgia's a hell of a drug y'all. We already know this. <laughs> <laughs> a hell of a drug. But moving on um what else? What else is popping? Um, well, what's not popping? Well, I guess <laughs> it depends on what side of the uh, the argument you, you are on. Uh, Archive 81 on Netflix was canceled after the, um, the first season, which has mixed feelings going around. Um, personally, I think that it's fine. I think that it lives pretty strong as just a limited series. Um, there was definitely room if... I know it's kind of new, so I won't put in any crazy spoilers or anything. But at the end of the series, we're left with not exactly a cliffhanger. Um, it was a conclusion to the story, but they left room for a potential second season. Um, and now we know that we're not getting one. I, I think that uh, oftentimes elongated series kind of like run the show's course which we've seen way too many freaking times at this point um but i don't know i was a fan of it i i think it's good to cap it where it was just for rewatch value i'm one of those people who likes to you know all everything i missed the first time i'm gonna get it the second time it's cool but yeah that one's one what did y'all think about archive 81 
I didn't get around to it. It was on my list. And like so many different friends were like, yay. And so many different friends were like, nay. And so many were like, meh. And so I was like, okay, so this is a bit like a summer watch. And I'm like, I'll make it a priority where I'm going to talk about it watch. And then they were like, mm-hmm. also, it's canceled. I'm like, oh, it's not on my own time now, <laughs> um, which is sad. <laughs> yeah, but at least you have, there's no rush. Yeah. You know, there's no rush because it's what's done is done already. It was very interesting. It was very interesting. I haven't seen it yet either. Um, my reason was I didn't <laughs> know it existed. I, I think that um, I think there's just so many horror anthologies that I've been like trying to catch up on that it just kind of like slipped under my radar just silently until I saw people being upset that it was canceled. That's because fair. on the timeline, people were from what I saw, people were pissed. They were like it was happening prematurely. Like I only caught up on um what's it called? Um channel zero. Uh-huh. Um which was see really I'm still not caught up. I watched I, the first episode a couple weeks ago with Jazz and I, I need to go back and finish the season. <laughs> Just one. I still haven't started Yellow Jackets. I haven't I haven't either, Zero. I have not either. Yeah. That was that was my poll. I did a poll on Instagram and I was like, because they came out at the same time, Yellow Jackets and Archive 81. And I was like, okay, people are talking about both on the TL. Y'all decide which one should I start? And more votes for Archive 81. So that's the direction that I went in. I'll I'll get to it eventually. How but many you know, is this yellow jacket at? Oh, sorry. What it's at one season right now. Mm-hmm. They just got renewed for a second season. Okay. Yellow Jackets is where Jasmine Savoy Brown crawled so she could run and scream 2022. Oh. Um, yes. And I love her. Listen, that's why I'm shocked. I was like, oh my God, what is we, why are we recording? Stop this. This is a quick episode, everybody. <laughs> I want to be her and kiss her at the same time. Listen. I, I want to be her. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a gold star, so. <laughs> Be <laughs> <laughs> Not you busted out the gold star so early. <laughs> I, I've been waiting for any excuse to use it, so here we go. <laughs> okay, have your privilege next. <laughs> <laughs> so it sounds like you do, like, you are on the side of the fence of we should definitely see Archive 81, though. Like, you're saying it is a great show. Yeah, I it was it was very unique. I mean, there was no reinventing the wheel. It was it was found footagey. It was supernaturally. It was uh, true crimey, culty. It was a bunch of things that I like in the horror and horror adjacent realms, mm-hmm. kind of mixed into one. Also, it takes place in New York, and y'all know how I feel about my city. So, I mean, not the whole time, but you know, it's it's a uh, also one of those good shows. Uh, to like talk about with your friends afterwards because there could be potential confusion or like theory it's a good place to to put your theories um yeah i was a fan i mean it wasn't perfect i i will say it might have taken a little bit to get me hooked maybe the first two episodes um but then it just got so complex i was like i have to finish this i have to know what the hell is actually happening here? Because that's not anything that I've seen before. It's not like, oh, yeah. he's a killer. She's actually a ghost. And y'all are in a cult. You know, it, it was was way more complex than that. It's not like uh, there is a an avenue that you can see it going down, which is cool. 
I love that because I feel like a lot of the things that have been dropping this year have been super predictable and we don't talk about it. Um, <laughs> I'm not going to drag any names out here, but we had a lot of new releases these last couple of weeks. And a lot of them, I'm just like, oh, so this is how this is going to go. Oh, don't trust that friend. Oh, it's your husband. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, none of that here, which is cool because, you know, it's, it's not easy. I am mm. no playwright myself. I'm sure it's not easy, but when from the consuming side, it's nice, like as a fan, and I'm one of those fans who likes to speculate with everything, and yeah. none of my speculations were correct, and that like impressed me. So I live for being wrong for the right reasons. Yeah. Sometimes you can't guess it because they don't know what it is. It's just chaos for chaos sake. And you're like, where does chicken come from? Now the chicken's in the room, huh? <laughs> and then sometimes it's like, oh no, we're going somewhere and you're confused because you can't figure us out, bitch. And I love that. I love that. Show me that. Take my hand and be like, stop trying to guess. You will never get it right. Let's go. Uh-huh. Um, for the right reasons. <laughs> okay, so it seems like y'all need to watch Archive 81. Yeah. I definitely will. I, I love anthologies anyway. Like they're they're my bread and butter. No, it's not an anthology. Oh, so it's not okay. Yeah. It's it's a what do you call that? chronological i guess well mm. i mean no chronological is not really well oh there's a no, lot of say less. Say less. okay I'm, I'm loving i'm a shut this, up this, i love seeing you try to tell me what it is that lets me know that it yeah yeah I like it's okay. i can't i can't explain in like one sentence it's like six sentences and then they call, all come together mm. you know it's a lot of things in one but very interesting also a black lead which is cool yes. Uh, the gentleman from Black Box, if you saw that movie, I think it was on Prime. Yeah, yeah. no, if he's there, then I'm gonna have a good time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. cute guy. I liked it. I, I think that he's uh, based off of a real dude. Okay. Um, okay. I don't think it's it's okay. Well, this is definitely not nonfiction. It is it is fiction, uh, but that guy is supposedly a real guy in New York, and he has a horror podcast. Mm -hmm. um, true crimey horror podcast and he ended up the main character of the show anyway wow. i don't want to talk too much about this because spoilers you know that whole chestnut um but uh blessing our eyeballs is a aliens i guess you call it a spin-off mm -hmm. uh novel that follows private vasquez from the sequel of aliens and I am freaking hype on that. Are you kidding me? Just in time for Halloween. I think it comes out October 25th uh, is what I read online. But uh, let's let's get some freaking representation. She's a freaking powerhouse. She, she should have had way longer of a storyline for being the badass woman that she is. And now we get it. I hope that this spinoff or whatever this novel is going to be gets like actual films and series and we cast somebody who's actually Latinx instead of like putting brown face on a person because that's my issue with James Cameron and that sequel is that like we can do Sigourney Weaver and Aliens in Space all day long but like who this and why you do this to her? Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> that mirrors my sentiment. I, I, I really need them to not goof us like this. Because, like, I didn't know that that was a white actress in brown face until I think it was last year or the, or the year before because, Sheree, you were the one telling me about it. And I was like, wait, what? Mm. And now when I Google it, it's like, of course, as an adult, I can see it. But I watched Alien when I was so very young. So, 
As a kid, I was like, something's wrong with her makeup. I don't know what it is. I didn't know it's because that was not her face. Yeah. Um, and nobody told me that. And they explained it to me. And so I was in the time, I'm like, I'm going to Google this, get the bombages. I'm like, ah, scandal. <laughs> it's, a, it's a big, well-kept secret, it feels like. Because it, it feels is. like when I, when I say it around people who I grew up with, like in my family, they react the same way. They're like, what? Like, are you serious? And and I'm like, while we're here, also, let's bring up Catherine Zeta-Jones. <laughs> Let's just, <laughs> let's just go ahead and get a couple Listen. of things on the table real quick. Listen, because um, she definitely was like, I'm not not Latinx. And now she's like, oh, no, I never said I was. And I was like, but you were taking roles from who? <laughs> you were in Zaro. Um, <laughs> when Selma Hayek tried to call you out, America was like, how dare you? And she was like, I'm a married billionaire and y'all will be welcome to my time when I feel like it. Fuck you, America. And good for Selma. Good for Selma. Yeah. <laughs> Oh. Well, now we have the opportunity for her story to come correct. And yeah. I believe it it will be written by a Latinx author. Good. A woman yeah. as well. Um, but, you know, you couldn't tell me. Like, that was the one. It went right over my head. I want to say the first six watches. It's definitely my favorite in the Alien um what do you call that franchise <laughs> universe, <laughs> they, universe. They, they only get worse they only get worse i'm gonna save these rants for when we cover aliens because i already had them on another podcast but like we watched the first six movies um in one weekend and i was like i'm gonna fight ridley scott <laughs> um so yeah i will come out just swinging listen Meanwhile, i never my- realized that that they just keep getting worse until I was an adult and I would like marathon them. Cause when you watch them like back to back to back, it's incredibly obvious. But if you're waiting like three, four years apart of each movie, I'm just a fan. I'm like, fuck yeah, give me more. I'm hungry. Oh yeah. I like in hindsight, I wish that I had just tapped out after the second one and then checked in to see Benona Ryder and her. <laughs> We've had fun. You know, that's a shit show. Wait, and then hold on. You skipped a movie. I, yeah, I said I wish I had stopped at two and then skipped to that one. Oh, 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 oh. Because three is... Come three on is, now, really? I like that one. What? The desert prison situation? No comment. <laughs> no gonna, comment. We'll come back to this. <laughs> I can't uh, talk too much trash because Resurrection has a soft spot in my heart because of the good girl gone bad Sigourney situation. Uh, I can't lie. Sigourney was honest. She was like, I don't want to come back. I've been trying to leave this franchise forever. And then they put more zeros on that check and I said yes. And you see her in her basketball and I was like, get it, Sigourney, get it. Um, I respect that kind of honesty in an actor to be like, they wrote me a bigger check, so here I am. What? Fair. I know we're not supposed to be inviting people to the cookout no more, but... Sigourney could come through if she wanted to. <laughs> I mean, it's not an invitation. I'm just saying, like, the door's open. Like, Fuck that. It's an invitation. Sigourney, if you're listening to this, baby, I make come some mean baby back ribs, and I will wear my black uncle shoes while doing it. And y'all know which ones I'm talking about. <laughs> the brown sandals. Uh-huh. The dunkles. Yes. Uh-huh. The dunkles. <laughs> I definitely would, so. <laughs> okay. Let's, let's, the elephant in the room. Oh. I'm not going to start this one. One of y'all. So a few weeks ago, Will Smith smacked Chris Rock at the Oscars. And the internet um, lost its shit for lots of reasons. Like different places were like, he punched him. Different places were like, he slapped him. It was a slap. 
it's not great. It's not graceful. It's not what we needed at this time and place. Um, but like, instead of talking about how I feel about it, I want to just unpack some of what the internet um, from the white people side did with this, because that's where the mess and the chaos were. Um, as it happened, Mr. Judd Apatow was like, he could have killed him. Because that's what we need is hyperbole around black men and violence. Um, watch the news, Mr. Apatow. And also, your movies aren't that good. Why do you have a Twitter? Um, also, <laughs> also <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Continue. I just, I and mean, the sad part is somebody brought him on their like um, podcast and they brought it up and that would have been a good time for him to be like, I got biases. I need to unpack those. And instead he was like, well, anything can happen in these day and age, you know, anything could happen. And I was like, so you're going to make it worse. You, you saw you fucked up. And instead of you being an adult about it, you're like, I'm a white man. I can't say I'm wrong. Anything could happen. And I'm like, no, but why are you this way? And then I understand why your movies are awful. <laughs> And why your daughter wants to separate from you when you talk about her on Euphoria. Mm. I see it now. Um, <laughs> my other issues with the way white people handled the situation is that like a lot of people were using thug and ghetto. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm just like, are you going to check your friends? Or am I going to check your friends? And a couple times I ran in and the people were like, oh yeah, I meant to say something like you should say something. If you see something, say something. Don't let your white friends use thug and ghetto to describe things they don't know what they're unpacking because this is a very layered situation. Um, there's too many layers for most of us. The only person who I think really nailed it was Roxanne Gay because that's what she does um, as an essayist because you have to deal with like the plight of black women in their hair. You have to deal with the sexism of it all. You have to deal with the history of Chris Rock and Jada Pinkett because she rejected him once upon a time and he brings her name up all the time. You have oh, to deal I didn't with know that. Oh, he brought her up at the Oscars in 2016 when they were doing that whole, well, should have got an Oscar, let's boycott it. And so that joke about it's like him boycotting Rihanna's panties, he wasn't invited. Oof. Right? Um, like, I, we all are of an age where we can look at Chris and we can look at Will as our uncles. Um, but Chris Rock don't make it easy <laughs> for these family get-togethers. Um, I'm going to say that um, with all of the love in my heart. <laughs> <laughs> Um, just circle back to the way white people were talking about this moment where he slapped him on stage mm -hmm. and it's assault and it's tricky to bring up all these things for them. And they yet give out so many like awards to white people who do much worse to women, which goes back to that sexism comment, which is why people aren't mad about the right things. Um, because like how many abusers have walked away with awards? How many times people find me in my DMs when they hear I don't like seeing the Kubrick? Um, <laughs> but Will Smith slapped Chris Rock and therefore take his shit. Fight him, catch him in the street, can't watch Fresh Prince of Bel-Air anymore. And I'm like, meanwhile, you are hanging out with Matt Damon and Ben Affleck. That's crazy. <laughs> so yeah. Um, that's my rant. Yes. <laughs> I appreciate that rant. I, I do think that the most dangerous part of this whole phenomenon is how I won't say one specific type of person, but media outlets are. They're just like begging to get everybody's take on the situation, which I, I, I mean, I think is appropriate if it were, if this were the case for every time some, somebody slipped up and somebody, you know, people make mistakes. Mm -hmm. Every time somebody makes a mistake, you don't see media outlets going to every single celebrity that they have in their pocket, asking for their comment on that. I don't think that's appropriate. And it also just like kind of leaves this like breeding ground for um, 
for uh like hostile opinions and mm -hmm. the the option to have words that you can't say you can't send back um like thug and ghetto which are not even close to the situation honestly honey we're about to talk about ghetto today in our podcast this was not an example of ghetto this was an example of, <laughs> of testosterone versus testosterone mm -hmm. at its peak boiling over and shit happens <laughs> niggas get slapped every day i yeah. i told myself i wasn't gonna say that on the podcast but there Listen. there it is i said it it is the truth um this was rich people's problems at best and like that was one of my things is because like the way the way white twitter was reacting to this showed me that nobody was really doing this work they said they were doing these last few years because they were just like it just the way he spoke about it and the, the abuser terminology and i'm just like there's a lot of abusers in hollywood but you don't like circle around on them but when will smith does it all of a sudden i robot is ruined for you um i also had issues <laughs> I Why also, does it have to be iRobot? Why could it be like <laughs> I am legend? Independence Day. Come on. <laughs> no, but they were just like literally, they were like iRobot. Why was that the one you pulled out of your ass? Anyway, child. Because this is unscripted, and so I don't have time to prepare my notes. <laughs> I I also just really had issues with the fact that people were coming after all of the wrong things. Cause you see like the problematic people who are like, why didn't Jada control her man? She's been ruining his career forever. And I'm like, why do you hate her so much? Oh, that's right, we're in America. Um, <laughs> and you have those people who are just like, well, he laughed. And so if he was laughing, why did he do it? As a black woman in this shitty country, I laugh at a lot of things that are really fucking offensive and gross. Um, it's an instinct now. It's a habit. I laugh and then I come back for your ass because I'm just so used to being like, what just happened? My face just cracked. Did you really just say that to me? Um, and so the fact that you're like, he laughed. And so he, when he got up, it was and like, no, 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 no. You don't get to control the way he reacts to something being said about his wife's condition. Um, and also like, why are we talking about the joke? Because the Oscars specifically have a history of offensive comedians offending people. Um, and yet here we are just like, Chris Rock was doing his job. His job is not to be ableist on your stage. And if it is, unpack that while your other problems. Um, because like, that's what it was. Because on top of being a black woman with hair in this shitty country, she has a disease that affects a lot of black women. And also Chris Rock produced bad hair. So again, there are layers to this dip and people don't want to do all the layers. They want to walk in and be like, Chris Rock was a saint and Will Smith is a thug. And I've been waiting to say this forever because I secretly hate black men, but I can't say that. So I'm going to disguise it on my Twitter like this. Um, and so <laughs> it has not been great on the internet lately. No. It has not, and I'm, I'm frankly, I'm, I'm really over it. I'm so freaking over it. I think people just need to control themselves and just realize that shit happens every day, and not everything is a direct attack on our already fucked up society. One hundred percent. Because of course, like the problematic white people were like, he's making black people look bad. I'm like, making yourself look bad, Judith. Oh, yeah. I don't think <laughs> the uh, melanin deficient should be making comments on anything even a, close to this Listen. situation. But that's just, yeah, 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 yeah. It's a yeah. big cup of tea. What else we got? Anything else for Wash Poppin', y'all? I just wanted to say one thing on it. Like, I, yeah. I feel like 
Sheree, I'm happy you touched on all of that because all the nuance is what's missing. And it's not ever reciprocated when people who are in the academy or who hold awards are, you know, white and mm-hmm. have that type of privilege. And it's one of those things that is really disappointing. And I really just hope that everyone in the situation gets through the healing that they need to, um, specifically Jada, because she was the one that was actually attacked that night in ways that we don't really get to see. And all the people who were blaming her, because I saw a lot of that as well, it really shows why the institution that would make him feel comfortable enough to do that, you know, keeps happening. 100%. Um, 100%. There's just so many things to unpack that were never fixed. Yeah. Like this faucet's been leaking for a hot minute because like all award shows are inherently sexist because like you don't get these producers and these directors and these badass stars and you're like, who are you wearing? Um, where are the children at tonight? And so, like, Jada Pinkett showing up bald at the Oscars, knowing the fashion police are all around and waiting for her as a Black woman, <laughs> um, was already bold enough without Chris Rock opening his mouth. Um, I'm not saying yeah. Will should have smacked him on stage. Yeah, of course and not, yeah. I'm also just, like, really impressed with the restraint of social media to not pull the old Chris Rock clip of him saying, I'm not saying he should have hit her, but I understand. Because that was a bit from his earlier shit. <laughs> and, like, the internet never brought it up. But I was like, oh, so we're being cool today. Or the internet um, bringing up, well, some people on our timeline didn't, I was happy about this, him basically being in a room full of white men um, using the N-word and him just kind of just do-do-do-do-do and just going along with it. Right. Um, And so there's a lot. 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 Um, (laughs) That's all I had to say. Um, I just wanted (laughs) to get that little piece out before we move forward. I... One last thing, and I swear I'll move on, is one of the tweets, and I forgot who tweeted it. I should have, like, caught that. Um, But, like, they made a good point in that a lot of people who are saying Chris Rock was just (laughs) doing his job. He's just telling a joke. It's fine. He shouldn't have been hit. No, wait, I'm fucking it up. I'm reversing it. They're saying that, like, the people who were like, Will Smith was right for hitting him. He should have hit him. He should have hit him. Those are the same people who were like, Dave Chappelle was just telling a joke when the trans people got mad and talked to Netflix about it. And it's like, you can't have it both ways. You can't, you're telling them yourselves. Mm, mm, There's a lot there. There's a lot there. Either either all the trans community is overreacting (laughs) or Will Smith did the right thing. But like the equation. The math isn't mathing. It's not. Yeah. Not a good look. Not a good look. So I have the next wash popping, <laughs> and it's about Daniel Kaluuya. But this is good news, so we're celebratory. <laughs> so um, he put uh, uh, "Behold, Belovely" on "Do Not Disturb" for a couple of days, and <laughs> in, in the span of that happening, he wrote a dystopian drama for Netflix called "The Kitchen." which is about a future London in 2044 where the gap between the rich and the poor have been stretched to the limits. Yo, can I say something? Yes. Yeah. So- <laughs> Uh-oh. I'm scared. I'm so scared. So me reading this on our on our um our schedule right now is the first I'm learning of I, I didn't know about any of this. Oh, okay, good. I just I just see Daniel Kaluuya writes a dystopian drama for Netflix called The Kitchen. And in true me that grows fashion, I think of it's 
<laughs> I can't lie to you. It's I, like the, the back of your neck area. Yes, that would have been which, the best segue. It would have been the best. Segue. <laughs> it's all right for all of the non-black people listening. <laughs> um, the kitchen is a term that black folk use to describe the area in which the back of your skull meets your shoulders. <laughs> Okay, the the back of your neck is what we call the kitchen. And so I see this drama called The Kitchen on Netflix on the schedule for our <laughs> our black nerdy podcast and I'm thinking what the hell is this going to be about? <laughs> I was like delightful the lovely and messed him up. He always right about kitchen. <laughs> But also, this is like our third or fourth week with him being mentioned in this podcast. So I feel like he should sponsor us. Yeah. yeah. Does anybody have the lovely's phone number? Does she have a phone? She no. would not be. She would not want to talk to us. <laughs> she, she's gonna fucking hate our asses. Right. <laughs> fucking behold me, lovely. <laughs> oh lord. I mean, either I'll... way, though, I do love a good dystopian uh, yeah. uh, script. I love Westworld until it got like really boring. But you know. I'll show up for it, um, yeah. especially depending on where he's at in life, because maybe he'll be back to where he was. Uh, so it won't be like, am I watching something that has meanings that I don't know about? Because uh, yeah. I would love it to just be like a fun time as opposed to, is this a cry for help, Daniel? Think um, twice. Like that coat. <laughs> that coat haunts me. Sometimes I'll be having a nightmare and that coat just floats by and I'm like, oh no. <laughs> he's back. <laughs> <laughs> Is that all that's popping this week? <laughs> yes. I think, well, there was a lot popping in a good way. It, okay. I, like you said, missed opportunity. I could have said, speak in the kitchens. Listen, <sighs> you know what? That's what happens when it's unscripted, y'all. <laughs> like, the cleverness comes later in life. And then you're like, oh, man. <laughs> all right. Um, all right. So our topic this week is... Da -da 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 -da, Hood horror. Yes, we're going there. Um, <laughs> the Boydy Crew is here to speak to you about B-movie goodness. That is the hood horror subgenre. Because there's a lot of movies that have hood in the title or are implied in the title and nobody talks about them. And that's why we're here. <laughs> yes, it is. And before we jump into it, y'all know we got to do the real talk. All the tea that is related to the tea that is coming. It is the pre-tea. It is... Uh... <laughs> I love that. The it's appetizer the tea. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I wrote down a few. Um, one of which happened in real time when me and Sheree were suffering. Through, I mean, watching um, <laughs> vamps, sister, uh, sister vampires with an A. So we kept looking at um, Eden. I'm uh, sorry. Eve is her name. Like she looks familiar, but I couldn't place where because we'd watched so many of these movies like back to back. <laughs> But um, it made me realize she's actually from something really good. This is um, Kira from The Invitation. Good for her. Good for oh, her. Oh, I did not put that together. She just, I, I'm happy she got to go do something that sparks joy. Um, because she earned, she earned. I. They wouldn't give her pants in this movie. I'm going to get to that later when we talk about the movie. They wouldn't let her wear pants. And yeah. like... <laughs> I, I was worried for her. I think that's what was throwing me off. Like, she was fully clothed in the invitation. And then yeah. this movie, like, I saw way more of her than I needed to. 
Did I tell you I'm a gold star? Um, so. <laughs> you got all your, you used all your gold star jokes today. Okay, you gotta wait until episode six. Actually, no, scratch that. Episode eight. You used the next episode's gold star. Y'all know y'all gonna hear it again. I don't even know why y'all are anticipating anything different than what is going on right now. I'm sticking to the two and edit those out until episode eight or nine. <laughs> oh my god. That was my first piece. Um, do y'all have any real talk before my second piece? Um, I mean, I guess I should just mention that none of these movies are good. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, are they necessary to uh, growing in cinema in, in the, the exponential growth of the Black horror ge- subgenre? Absolutely. Good movies? Absolutely not. We deserve the opportunity to fail. Like we yeah. had Apatow been failing for decades. And so why can't we have a couple movies that we can just like fail at and then pick ourselves up and do something else? That's a yeah. point. That's a point. Yeah, and there were redeemable moments in some of the films. I will say that. Like I aside from my joking, there were a few moments of vamps when I was laughing, like authentically. I mean, some points we weren't supposed to be. But there were moments when we were absolutely supposed to be laughing and we got something out of it. So I've seen worse somehow. Oh, 100% I've seen worse. This shit is ghetto, but I've seen worse. (laughs) (laughs) And and while we're here on that, I I do want to just like congratulate the Killjoy team for having a whole franchise because it's it's a choice. But they got a whole bootleg franchise and that is hard to do because it's hard to make one movie that on a whole franchise. Uh, so, congrats, y'all. I'm just some different things. You can stop there, but congrats. I see you. <laughs> I can't wait to get to Killjoy Child. That 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 is a big one to unpack. That is a that is a big one. I because I didn't know somebody helped me was a movie. I thought somebody would say somebody helped me after watching Killjoy, and I was cackling and I was like, oh no, <laughs> that is. <laughs> Killjoy, aka somebody help me. (laughs) And then what did you say once you found out that it was his own movie? Please, somebody help me. (laughs) For real this time. (laughs) I was like, oh, Marianne was hurting us before 2021. (laughs) Way before. Way Mm -hmm. before. Uh Oh, my God. So which of the movies did y'all think was worse before we get to the next piece? I'm just curious. <laughs> um, all right. I Okay, so in terms of enjoyment, I think Somebody Help Me was the worst. Nah, actually, no. I changed my mind. <laughs> this is tough. I think Killjoy was the least enjoyable. The most enjoyable, definitely, of the... Uh, Damn. <laughs> right. <laughs> I don't know if this is a good thing or a bad thing. It's like when you're a kid and they're like, do you want the belt or do you want to switch? That's what it feels oh, like. Oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> it's like... <laughs> or it's like, you know, when you're about to get whooped and then, like, your granny walks you to the closet and then your granny's like, you choose the belt. And then you're just standing there trying to figure out, like, which belt is going to hurt. Right. Okay, this one is made of felt, but this one is leather. <laughs> So if I like the math in my little ass brain, <laughs> my happy-go-lucky ass skipped to the tree when my mom told me to get the branch and skip back 
You would. You're a Pisces. And I was like, oh no. <laughs> I realized what was happening. You're like, I want to be helpful. And it's like, oh no, that's my ass. Here you go, mommy. <laughs> Final last words. That Pisces energy. <laughs> I. <laughs> oh my God. All right. So the next piece is <clears throat> a little bit deeper. So, Somebody Help Me was written and directed by no other than Chris Stokes, which, for everyone listening, some of you may know, some of you may not know, Brasby has accused him of sexual molestation when he was in um, a group with Marcus Houston. So, we um, had a serious conversation about this before the episode, and we're just like, okay, it's a good thing, you know, we didn't finish watching this, so we're not going to hang on that too long, because we do support and believe abusers and yeah of Victims. course yeah wait what did i say we support and believe abusers <laughs> and i was like oh, oh no no that's not that's don't put that on the timeline <laughs> this just did blurdy <laughs> supports abusers can you imagine how'd y'all cancel yourselves when you see <laughs> it was what a big happened? misunderstanding <laughs> The screen pauses. Hey, I'm sure you're wondering how we got here. Let me tell you my story. <laughs> like a PT movie. Yeah. It's all going fine and dandy until that one day. <laughs> Back like oh. John Appetite enters the chat. Somebody could have been hurt. <laughs> I'm happy y'all looking out for me because it slid by so quick that when I saw everyone listening, we could see each other. So I see their faces and I'm like, what? What happened? I was like, I thought I knew you, Ryan. I thought I knew you. <laughs> Brother Ghoulish has left the chat. Somebody <laughs> please help me. We are now looking for a third host. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I just said it with such conviction. I was like, you did not hear what you just said. I really didn't. And I was sitting real pretty. Like yeah, I had my I had my hand up underneath my chin, y'all. It was surprising. Like, we support and believe abusers. Period. <laughs> Period. In a conversation. And I was like, oh, oh. <laughs> We're just going to slow the roll of that real quick. So we support and believe victims here on this podcast. Yes. Yes. So um, I am a saint. If uh, everybody listening did not know this already, uh, not recognized by the church alone, but uh, I have never torrented and or streamed a movie illegally in my life. This is honest, honest, honest to Satan. Uh, but I did torrent this movie because I was not about to pay money for it. And after I learned this fact from the real talk, I am super glad, super, super glad uh, that I hit up my buddy Reddit to find this joint because no plays, no, no coins, no nothing. I started a BT subscription to watch this and I couldn't finish it, which says a lot because we like we were saying none of these movies are like. Yeah. <laughs> Great. But I, was like, I don't I, I don't understand why we're still here what are we doing and then you tell me i'm like i'm gonna hit stop i've seen enough i can make some assumptions <laughs> yes oh, oh i guess we just roll it into the topic now huh i guess so yeah, yeah. that's yeah. fine well i will say i have seen somebody help me once before when i was a young grunt um not because i was uh loving horror movies but more so because omarion was like my thing back then so Listen. of course i was gonna watch a movie with omarion are you kidding me 
Um, I'm pretty sure I was like had tunnel vision on Omarion the whole time because now I tried to watch this as an adult. This movie's ass, y'all. This movie <laughs> is so this so bad. And it's not even like most of the movies on this list are ghetto, but ghetto on purpose, I guess. This movie was just ghetto. Like this movie was just bad. I think the only redeeming thing about this movie um was uh this one moment when all right so y'all don't need to watch this movie so i'm gonna just explain it to you real quick (laughs) a group of friends go to a cabin uh i want to say upstate uh to celebrate one of the friends birthdays for a weekend and then everybody starts disappearing um gets taken by a a some sort of mysterious killer who lives in the neighborhood. Um, so they phone the police to come ask for help. The police shows up at the door. Uh, they're like, yo, our friends are missing. We don't know where they are. The cop is like, what do they look like? <laughs> and their response is white. <laughs> Which is the first time I have ever heard that in a horror movie. Um, and I honestly kind of appreciate it. Because that's how you get the police's attention. Okay. And I think that was a little meta for its time, but it's true. And uh, that was kind of, that that got a chuckle out of me for sure. Um, But that was like, yeah, the only chuckle I got out of this whole movie. The rest I was just like, okay, when are they going to leave the cabin? Uh, It was almost like a wannabe hostel um kind of situation that i mean we don't talk about eli roth neither but nope (laughs) head over to hulu this march where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long catch the award-winning movie poor things starring emma stone mark ruffalo and willem dafoe check out the new documentary freaknik the wildest party never told about the iconic atlanta street party and don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right, over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs, also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. 
Okay, that's enough about Wix. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That we do not support, by the way. Right. But, um, you know, it was a very B2K-esque slasher wannabe film. And I appreciate that we got one. I mean, granted, it wasn't a good movie. It was written and directed by somebody that we shall not name anymore. But it happened. (laughs) (laughs) It happened. I just, I couldn't wrap my head around it because there was one girl in the group who was like, we need to leave. And like the other three were like, you're being so selfish right now. I'm like, half your party is gone for two days. I think it's time for you to leave if you've made it two days in the situation. Mm-hmm. You can't get help if you was also caught with them eventually. And so I just, I don't know. It was a lot happening. And also I don't understand why if we're going to have a black movie, we only get to have four black people. We can have more because like all their friends mm-hmm. can have to join them white. Um, white ass town was referenced a couple times. And I'm just like, if you get to do the things that you want to see more people outside of you and your like immediate friends <laughs> in it, it's big RuPaul energy, and I didn't appreciate uh, it. I mean, I th- I think we can guess where the money was coming from for this film. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Otherwise, I feel like we would see more of that. I think that's, like, the biggest difference with this film, as opposed to Killjoy, Snoop Dogg's Hood of Horror, Vamps. Um, those are, like, that's that's some grassroots shit right there, okay? Because <laughs> it takes place in the hood, you can already tell your camera's janky. Your homie did the the score in his garage, pre SoundCloud career. <laughs> <laughs> he was on MySpace with a hope and a dream. Um, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it was it was a struggle. Um, the quality was not good. The storyline was offensive um, <laughs> on every level conceivable, mm-hmm. and. It could you could tell that the writer didn't understand like real world consequences because it felt like every time someone would mention an opportunity to get the police involved, they were more concerned about their uncle finding out. And I'm yeah. like, people missing isn't something you get grounded for. Um, <laughs> right? Maybe I don't know. I wouldn't find out. I would be calling the cops. I don't. Maybe yeah. I'm tripping, but. I don't always call the cops, but if people are missing, I think about it real hard. Yeah. <laughs> real hard. Because <laughs> I'm like you, like, I don't want to, because especially as people of color, it can go left so quick. Mm-hmm. But if it's something like what they were dealing with, like talking about, because they woke up the next morning and they were literally like, wow, two of the couples are gone. <laughs> That's crazy. That's, <laughs> right. That should have been the name of the movie. <laughs> That's so, so wild or something. And they were so about it. <laughs> they were gaslighting the one girl who was like, no, this ain't right. They're like, we have to wait and see if they come back or we can find them. And I'm just like, do you know? Because again, like, they wandered off. You ain't seen them. It's been two days. Why are we here? 
why are we slumber party masquerading the first generation ourselves in this house? We can leave. And it would have been over instantly because whoever it was wasn't following them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There are easy solutions in this world sometimes. <laughs> and I feel like this was the easiest solution was to get into the car and leave. Uh-huh. <laughs> Crazy. Crazy. I don't think I do enjoy hood horror cinema for what it's worth. Uh, but I don't think this is one of them, you know. Yeah. I, I don't think so. I'm glad that, that y'all can agree with me. I don't think yeah. any of us got through this movie. <laughs> um, which is will. fine. <laughs> <laughs> never will. And there's a sequel, mind you. Mm. Uh, no. Yeah, there's a sequel. Uh, I think it's literally just Somebody Help Me Too. It which is. Which is like I very, very... Like I didn't watch it, but I saw it come up as a suggestion. I'm like, I'm okay. Yeah, I'm good. Thanks. I'm in that BT subscription right now because I don't even. <laughs> <laughs> but what I do find enjoy- enjoyable is that very grassroots, yo, let's make a horror movie. Let's do it the way that we want to do it. Um, fuck funding. We'll grab the homies who can make this happen. Um, yeah. I mean, it just seems like no strings attached. It just seems like the kind of movie that somebody wanted to see. So they're like, fuck it. Let's just go make it. Yeah. And I, I'm down with that. And it's definitely of its era. Because I remember the early aughts was all about, like, let's, like, go out and do these, like, random thrillers and see what happens. What side of the fence they land on. Because um, there were so many. I can't even... I feel like it was all that was in the theaters for a couple of years. It was just like random thrillers. Like Gabrielle Union has like five. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> it was just everybody. I think even Beyonce has like two. And yeah. I'm like, when you stop and make movies, Beyonce, she's like, bitch, I'm Beyonce. <laughs> <laughs> that one was like a home invasion, wasn't it? Yeah. Like yeah. I think I remember that one. Yeah. No. Like even Jayla was like enough. And I was like, Jayla, really? What? <laughs> I do love this time period, though. Um, for the people listening who have seen the documentary Har Noir, they touch on it for uh, a couple minutes, a, a brief amount of time. But I think they call it the Z era, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Um, that very weird time in the early 2000s where rap, hip hop and rap culture and the horror industry just kind of like ran into each other and the way that they would signify that was added a z at the end instead of an s so it was crips and vamps um stuff like that um and then killjoy and snoop dogg was like all in for a while um he he's one of the good ones that really stayed he really he's one of us for sure but Snoop Dogg Hood of Horror is Ooh. that okay. The movie is trash, but like it really has I have a soft spot in my heart for this movie. Um because I really think that it embodies a uh what horror is like to be consumed and also what living in the hood is like. Um I was raised in predominantly white spaces, so I am obviously not from the hood. But if there's one thing I know about hood niggas is that they love shonen anime. 
And <laughs> we're talking Dragon Ball, Naruto, Bleach, and not much else. <laughs> not much else. If there's one thing I know is that those are the big three uh, with young black men. And so Snoop Dogg Hood of Horror is an anthology. It has three different stories within it. Snoop Dogg is playing the Crypt Keeper or, uh, you know, the creep uh, kind of uh, entity where he just narrates and oversees the whole thing. But it has this killer, like, shonen-style anime opening. And I think they do it again at the closing or in between the second and third act. Mm -hmm. And it really just tells me that Snoop Dogg was like, yo, I want to make a horror anthology. I want it to make it the way that I want it. It's going to be ghetto. It's going to be messy. Um, these are the stories that I want to tell. It was like a very ghetto Tales from the Hood. Yes. Um, yeah. Yes. Which is funny because like Snoop went on to give us Bones, which I feel is like, probably one of the best of the hood horror movies yeah. even yeah. it in the hood in the 70s and into the future um and i just i think it's funny because like he got to grow and he got to learn and he got to like do better and a lot of people don't unfortunately because they don't have like snoop dogg's pockets and nobody wants to fund black projects right so, <laughs> i i just it, it makes me happy to see him be like i'm gonna do better i'm gonna learn and i can't wait to see what the next thing is because like He'll come back to the genre. It's Snoop. He got nothing but time. I mean, I would not be mad at a Snoop Dogg Hood of Horror 2 with three more stories. Oh, yeah. I'd be okay with that. If you just do, like, what Tales from the Hood was doing, but just, like, even more ghetto, I would not mind that. Mm -hmm. At all. At all. In fact, somebody's got to do it. There's terrifying stories all up in the hood. Did y'all have a favorite out of the three? Yeah. Um, I would say, sorry, <clears throat> I think I'm getting sick, you guys. Uh -huh. Um, yeah, so I would say Rhapsody Askew, which was the last one with Pooch and um, Aerie Spears from Mad TV. That was probably the strongest story for me. Okay, I could see that. I could see that. Um, I think the one I wanted to like the most was Crossed Out, it was the first one. There was a lot of potential in that one, and it just didn't get any of it um but there was so much potential and i see what it wanted yeah there's some great kills in that first one yeah yeah like when uh dog like falls over yeah he falls on top of the 40 and the 40 goes through his head now How that is the sharp was that bottle what's it made can you of? imagine how fast it would have been a lawsuit against like <laughs> miller highlight like they would have to change the whole shape of the bottle right would be over because <laughs> fucking niggas are getting impaled in the street <laughs> maybe in museums like this is the bottle we used to have <laughs> zero was that your favorite one too then uh crossed out um i liked crossed out um but i think my favorite was the the middle one uh the scum lord um the, okay so i keep comparing Snoop Dogg's Hood of Hearts and Tales of the Hood, but more ghetto, um, in which that is. But also, with Tales from the Hood, there's like, the stories are like redeeming in some way. Like, I don't want to say there's happy endings, but there are like appropriate endings. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. Each ending, or each story tells, um, it brings up a topic, um, 
you know that that people in those communities deal with and then there's justice at the end with snoop dogg's hood of horror it's just like it's either wrong or like it just feels good you know <laughs> and <laughs> the second one just kind of like felt good so um we had a racist couple uh with the confederate flags and everything <laughs> and the handlebar mustache or whatever right white trash um owning a house uh, and their tenants are these uh, vets, um, and they're—I guess—they were in a squad together when they yeah. were um, drafted, and now they're living together, supporting each other. And uh, so these, you know, racist landlords come in and are sucking them dry of their funds and just being general assholes. <laughs> and it just—they just kill them. They just murk them, which you know, <laughs> which feels great. It does feel great. Um, but is it justice? No. I mean, you know what's going to happen after that. Unfortunately, these vets are going to be taken away. They're going to do jail time. Um, but y'all caught the uh, uh, the nurse was Jungle Julia. I loved her from Death Proof. Y'all seen Death Proof? Oh, my God. Oh, oh my God. Yes. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> and I my love brain is an edge sketch. I didn't even notice her. Yes, that's Jungle Julia. I mean, it was the hair. It was honestly the hair. Just I was like, oh, I know the hair. I just like remember her like swinging it in the in the club. You know, I couldn't tell that that was her. But um, the funny thing is, I really because I don't think Hudahar was good, but it had redeemable qualities to it that made it somewhat enjoyable at pieces. Because he was actually, he was trying. I can I can tell that he was actually trying. Like with the first story, there were some things I would, would have cut out. Like the the girl's um, extremely traumatic childhood that they kept flashing back to in pieces. Oh, yeah. It, Which it would is get not even necessary. More. It wasn't. I feel like we could have got a flash that her mother um, passed away. Yeah. Because like, I think that this whole idea that like, there's this trauma that's inside of her. And she's using her art to heal through it. And this idea of like, you know, hurt people, hurt people and all this stuff. Like, so as she's using her art to heal, she's accidentally putting more pain out because she's not like properly learning to heal through things and how like the evil is like kind of preying on that. I'm like, this is decent. This isn't bad. Like, I feel like they dropped the ball with how they resolved it at the end because mm -hmm. like they didn't understand what they had going for them. And, and, and then the second story, like you said, I felt like, okay, so we have like this racist couple who I want to see get it. And is it justice at the end? No, not really. But it's it's entertaining. Even like the idea of like pumping caviar into a rich person's body until they burst is very like kill the rich. Like there's something happening. Like mm -hmm. that you could tell there was something there. And then, like, the last story with um, Rhapsody Askew, which I have to keep looking at these names because for some reason I can't memorize the names. But <laughs> the last one was actually, I would say, very surprising because as I was watching, I was trying to pick up pieces of, like, okay, what is really going on in the story? Is this happening in a hell dimension, like, off of Buffy? Or is this yeah. happening in reality? Like, Let's I don't say. understand. And then old girl from... uh of uh, the conjuring not the yeah conjuring what no <laughs> I, I did her conjuring? dirty was it insidious oh insidious 
the woman who's like, oh my God, ah, at the end oh, of it. Oh, Lynn Shay. And she, Lynn yeah. Shea. There we go. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. And she's also a nightmare on Elm Street. Uh, the she first everywhere. One. Yeah. yeah. Like, Lynn so, Shay is that bitch. I'm respectfully. Like, they got her in this. She's, she's cool. They didn't need to put flames in her eyes. I knew she was supposed to be an agent of chaos without that effect. She always is. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I fess with Lynn Shay. She only showing up just to be like, oh, let's have tea time. She's oh, yeah. like, if I'm here, we're going to get some demons up in this bitch. <laughs> and I'm like, I get it, girl. I get it. Go, go, go. <laughs> CCs of Beelzebub. Yeah. <laughs> Give me evil things. I'm, that's my impersonation of her. I can't. I mean, 50 CCs of Beelzebub. <laughs> <laughs> Next week on Grey's Anatomy. Oh, oh no. <laughs> Is that show still going? Just curious. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. Sandra O left, and we should have ended it, but we still here. Would you consider, I mean, I think Grey's Anatomy is kind of like horror adjacent. It's like totally dystopian, like, like you would never see yourself. And I mean, hey, I don't know. Maybe. That's a hot take, but I can see it. It's frightening. I I mean, I don't know. It's like, I, I, I will call it horror if I were to put myself in that situation Mm -hmm. and like be not afraid. If if I'm if I'm putting myself in this situation and I'm terrified, I best this hard to me. <laughs> no, I, I think it's a good argument to be made for medical dramas that actually get into the nitty-gritty and open up these ribs and shit. I think it's something to be said for that. Cause like it's bloody and it's gross. And a lot of them do ride that like thriller fence and the thrillers are under the umbrella. Yeah. So I think that this is the conversation that need to be had. Cause I think that part of the reason so many of us watch these medical dramas is because we're like, oh yeah, that's a good rib cage. Oh yeah, that's how you blow that up. Um, that's a good rib cage. <laughs> I, I do. I'd be evaluating it like I am a selfish eyes watching drag queens walk out. I'm just like, oh, that's what you do, with that Liam. I don't think so. <laughs> Bottom three. Bottom three, Meredith. Um, <laughs> so. I think it's something that they said. And I'm sad I never thought to put these together because I watched a lot of medical dramas and <laughs> I was never like, is it because it's the same bloody good mess? Um, <laughs> I'm thinking about like that old Morticia quote. I'm going to misquote it just a bit, but the the one where they're talking about how um, like horror is based on perception because like the fly and the spider is a good example. What's normal for the spider is um, chaos for the fly. Mm-hmm. Like, and I think that's like a good idea of like how horror really works because yeah. a lot of us, like when we, when we see trailers, cause I know y'all have been through this and we haven't even compared notes where they're literally like people were walking out of the theater. It was the scariest movie since 2013. And then we are in the theater. Like, are we dead inside? Like <laughs> where? I'm fine. I'm not filing out. And there'll be people in the theater who are actually having like a visceral reaction. And I'm like, I'm dead inside. No, I that always makes me feel so weird. People are like, oh my God, it was the worst thing I've ever seen. I'm gonna vomit. I'm like, it just it really? This is what does it for you? Okay. Um, I'm gonna eat my popcorn. <laughs> um, right. I'm dozing oh, off the Hellraiser. Like listen, I'm okay. Where my Cinnabites at? I didn't right. come here for this conversation. Oh, <laughs> TNCC's of Cinnabites. Um, but also horror is what scares you in the like, most general sense. And like a lot of these medical dramas are steeped in our car went off the road and our kids are possibly dying. And that's scary for a lot of people. And yeah. so again, I think that like Zero is really onto something 
And I I want to look more into this because you just know those Me people too. out there watching these like medical dramas and there's like, I don't do horror. And it's just like, you don't do horror because you think this is elevated. But like, it's the same budget Yo, and it's the same corn syrup. That's literally my mom. I hope my mom is listening to this episode right now because my mom will be like, I don't like horror. And then like sit down and watch like every single season of Law and Order, Criminal Minds. <laughs> Every true crime episode or a special on Netflix, you should be like, oh no, I don't like horror movies. And then he was stabbed 37 times in the brain. (laughs) You're lying. Right? Right? There are so many, there are so many people who are like, I don't do horror. And they love the real crime podcasts and the Uh real crime shows. I'm just like, so like bitches getting sucked off the streets in real life, in real time, and you get their autopsy photos is fine and relaxing to you. But like what Freddy Krueger doing is like it's <laughs> an embarrassment. I have never seen a horror movie that like made me say like, oh, I'm not fucking with this no more, referring to the genre. But I have seen true crime things that made me say, I'm not fucking with this no more. Specifically, snapped the episodes that they did for the Menendez brothers. I'm hoping mm-hmm. I'm I hope I'm saying their names right. That special actually, as an adult, scared me so bad. I was like, I can't fuck with Snap no more. I it think scared me that bad. I think real crime shows because I used to watch court TV as a child, or as part of the reason I don't want kids because like when kids turn on you, they're good at lying about it because they're younger than you. They know the technology better, <laughs> so they clone in their phones and shit. It's like an episode of Scream, and you're like, no, I will not be done in by something that ripped the toy out of me, and I had to pay for it for all these years. I will not. <laughs> um, and so I think that somewhere that's like the, one of the million reasons I don't want children. <laughs> yeah, because you're right. They will like if, if anyone watches this Menendez brothers, you'll see it. They just snap. I mean, mm-hmm. it's very like it's what you imagine maybe Lizzie Borden was like when she killed her family, but we don't have like with the Menendez brothers as much technology to see the court cases and the it's it's frightening. Mm-hmm. And then like there's even hold up, I need time to remember. I lost my trail. I'm getting old. <laughs> <laughs> That's how bad the fear is. <laughs> no. So many kids and their parents. So many. Yes. And spouses. I can't live with other people. I'm just like, no, 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 no. Um, <laughs> love the a thing, but your own apartment does. I'm going to need you <laughs> to get out of my space. <laughs> now, now. Oh, I remember. I was going to say, because the anthology, uh, anthology shows that we show love for, that we talked about a little bit on previous episodes, America's Most Wanted was more frightening to me than those shows. It was very frightening and it was very sad because these are real world implications mm-hmm. versus like Twilight Zone. Like those would scare me, but in a different way that I knew wasn't accessible or immediately going to do me harm because it's science fiction. It's different. Yeah. But that hmm. real life scary hits different. Right. Oh, yeah. Because when we were kids, like, pand- not pandemics, wow. I mean, anthologies were all, like, pandemics, aliens, all this other stuff technology could do. And we're like, no, we can't. And now that we're here, we're like, okay, maybe. But, like, those true crime shows, that was happening in real time. It's like, oh, no, that happens when oh, you go no. down that block. I'm going to that block. Um, <laughs> that's what it means when the house is boarded up. Oh, no. There's too many Yo, Sheree, did you ever, did you watch um, Worst Roommate Ever? No. Yo, that would kick your fucking ass. If you can't live with anyone in your space, you need to watch uh, Worst Roommate Ever. What is it on? It's on Netflix. Actually, hey, I mean, honestly, my mom put me on. (laughs) I don't like horror. 
have an ass. She was like, oh, you need to watch Worst Roommate Ever. Uh, it's just like true crime episodes about like terrifying roommates that people have found in squatters. Uh, you know, the situation with squatters, you can't ever get rid of them. Mm-hmm. But terrible, terrible people who find their way into your homes. No, there's been so many movies, single white female, where you get a roommate and it's the roommate from hell. And I'm like, uh-huh. no. Which is why I'm like, I need to know my roommates before I move in with them. Um, living in Chicago stressed me out because I didn't have that luxury because I went there on a whim. And so I'm like, I'm living with strangers. Here's what they look like, everybody. And it was all on my Facebook. So people wouldn't know. I go, Missy, who it could be. Um, um, and I'm friends with most of them now. But at the time, I just could not trust them. Um, <laughs> I had to keep moving away from them because you won't catch me out here. I've seen too many <laughs> true crime shows um, as a child to just be out here sleeping with both eyes closed. <laughs> Imagine both eyes. <laughs> You got to luxuries <laughs> in this economy. Uh-uh. This economy no, no. <laughs> oh, okay. But anyway, y'all, what else did we watch? We watched Killjoy, and I just want to say that clown looked amazing. Um, looked amazing. That clown. You know, I actually put that in my notes that they probably spent their entire budget on the clown makeup. Yes. Because it was it was really good. It was it's scary. And it's crazy because like Killjoy's clown makeup was so on point. And then his outfit was just like <laughs> <laughs> his outfit was just like he went to the fabric store and then just like bobby pinned like right? the fabric together. It was just crazy. <laughs> really y'all spread your budget out a little bit. He, he didn't need all of those wrinkles. There was like 47 wrinkles in the forehead. I, I was so upset because I was like, look at this face. This is the face. And then Pandas like, this is what your mama had in the attic that she never made your costumes with, isn't it? This is what this is. <laughs> now put your mama on blast this way. Look. Yo. <laughs> Yo, the best line in Killjoy is when um, I think the two gang members get sucked into his his uh, ice cream truck and then they start shooting at him right and he just like absorbs all the bullets and he like spits the bullets back and like lights them up and he looks at him and he's like now that's how you bust caps motherfucker oh yeah I I was like okay that shit was alright that shit was alright I haven't seen any of the other Killjoys. I don't think I will, but I appreciate. No. <laughs> I'll let I, y'all know how they are. <laughs> thank you, because I it just it felt like it was a rehearsal to make a movie. Because like, so after he kills people, like they appear and they like torture other people, and sometimes they would just walk in like they were like making their entrance on stage <laughs> or making their exit off stage. Because there was like no energy, there was no hustle. It was just like, yeah, motherfucker. And I'm like, could you? <laughs> Were you late to your were you late to your spot? Is that what just happened? Like, did you not know they were recording you walking out here? Like I don't know if they thought that they were if they knew that they were recording or not. Because I did realize that multiple times, like they would be in like a very dire situation and then like all the actors are like smiling. Right. <laughs> right? Like, guys, <laughs> this killer clown is about to cap your ass, and you're just like, oh, should be split up. <laughs> I was like, I'm going to craft service. You want something? It's like, we are recording a movie. <laughs> Can you not? Ma'am. No. Cause, but cause another friends, thing. 
Another thing that I that I noticed that was similar to somebody help me, but I think I like this one better, um, is when our the two female protagonists they go to to like solve the issue, right? So they willingly go into Killjoy's ice cream thing, and uh, they're with uh, the love interest of one of them, uh, Jada, I think was her name, uh, and so the love interest I don't remember what his name is, don't matter. But he's yeah. like, guys, we got to find this clown. We got to split up. And they're just straight up like, no, we're not splitting up. <laughs> no, we're not going to split up. And they don't. <laughs> they don't. They don't split up. It was just like, here's the trope. Oh, we got to split up. We're going to we cover more ground that way. And they're just like, nah, <laughs> I've seen this movie before. And we're not splitting up. You got your damn mind. No. And they don't. And I was like, you know what? I appreciate that. <laughs> right? Right. That's how you survive a movie. Um, by yes. making sense. <laughs> That's how Ghoulish plays video games. <laughs> I've seen and him play video games. It's not... It will prompt him. It'll be like, go down this scary hole. And he's like, no. I won't. <laughs> I, I watched him play a video game and he ran at the monster <laughs> holding the knife. And I was like, um, what is this game? I don't what is, I don't understand the goals. <laughs> it was definitely um it was it was definitely given like running into the killer for sure. And, right? But, like, I'm gonna hug him and it's like mm. <laughs> Are you sure about that? He just wanted some love. He just wanted some sugar from a gold <laughs> star. But um basically <laughs> I'm sorry. Okay, so though the thing that sets this movie apart, I think, from the other two that we've talked about so far is that it felt like it was actually written and made by somebody who actually has like some love for horror movies and has watched a few of them because I kind of felt like with, um, well, no, 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 no. Hood of horror fits that bill too, but for a different reason. Cause with hood of horror, I saw a lot of ley lines between it and bones, which would come out later, but then also like uh, tales from the hood. I felt like there was some love for horror from somebody who may not necessarily know how to make a horror movie yet. Whereas with killjoy, it felt like the concept was actually okay i think it has a great concept the clown looks really cool the idea that he's like an interdimensional clown shows that this person has some type of like fascination with the way that clowns are typically done in horror and it had potential and it was kind of original like on a on a low tip but it just kind of it wasn't good and then there were pieces that were just unforgivable like the final line of the film um I don't know what was happening with that, but they could. Wait, what was it? Remind me. I feel so bad saying it, but he was under the cover doing cunnilingus with his uh, female. Oh, yes. And then he comes up and he's like, that's good. You know what? And I was just like, (laughs) woo. Um, There did not need to be that much sex in that movie. If it were like a sleepaway camp, like Mm -hmm. Friday the 13th, like slasher kind of vibe, I would get it. But y'all are just horny. Oh, right? Yeah. It was like not central at all. It was never. And also they were bad sex scenes. If you're going to do a sex scene, it should at least like look sexy. This was just like, I'm grinding. Look at me. And I'm like, oh, no, honey. Oh. <laughs> they need to go watch Jason's lyric and and, cool. and um redo that level of sex scene. Listen. 
Listen, um, because this was bad. Also, like everybody was like laying on these cramped beds, and I'm like, this is not who you having over on this cot. I don't understand. <laughs> For real, they were like doing it on a twin, bed. right? Like, yo, you still I live would with never. Twins. I mean, that's fine and everything, but like, keep if you down. still live with your mama, um, at that age, that's a conversation. Life's hard. Yeah, but, like, they're also- like in their thirties. Right. But that's what I'm saying. How old were they supposed to be? Because it was very confusing. Like they said something about class, and I'm like, <laughs> where? <laughs> I know y'all better be talking about a master's course. <laughs> we talking about? Um, we in the hood. Oh. What? <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. Well, they definitely started in high school, right? And, and then they jumped forward a year, supposedly. I think. Oh, it did say a year or a couple yeah. years. Which is also like how math isn't mathing. It's ghetto. Okay. It's like, <laughs> you're watching too hard. You're I think, watching I think, I think that hard. was the subtitle on it. <laughs> Kill Joy. Don't look at the math. <laughs> I do think it's crazy though, like this, I guess I can call it a franchise because, I mean, yeah. I, I guess it is because there's like, what, like four? Yeah. Four of them? Tubi has them all because I was like, this ain't the right Killjoy. I'm not going to lie to you, right? I was looking for a different Killjoy because I did not know it was this. Yeah. And so Jazz, like, okay, I got to pull it up. Like, I can't find it. Let me, I thought it was on Tubi. And Jazz, like, it is. And I'm like, I can't find it. I'm looking for Killjoy. Also, it was something about a clown. And Jazz, like, it's that one. I was like, excuse me? And I text you immediately, right? You did. <laughs> I brought my ass right in the chat because, like, uh, zero. I was actually like going out with Emilio to one of his family functions, and then when I saw they were about to watch Killjoy, I jumped into the clubhouse room and I said, "Listen, I want to apologize. Um, <laughs> I can't stay long, but I just want to say I'm very sorry for this that you're about to experience." Listen, I don't know how it has this like crazy cult following though. I think it just shows that people are really starved for representation and that they are willing to support anything we can get still, which is like, I mean, on one hand, it's good to see like people show up for people. But on another hand, it's sad because it's just like, we deserve better. Mm-hmm. We deserve budgets. We deserve things that we are not like actually making fun of. Because he definitely pulled that clown costume from his mother's attic. Like, I'm not oh, even gonna, 100%. I won't hear anything else. So she's out here right now, like, where's my fabric? He's got a whole fucking franchise. <laughs> He's never told her where it went. I don't think that clown came back for the other ones. I haven't watched them yet, but um, I don't think it's the same actor because it, the, Killjoy looks completely different now. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Oh, Wouldn't it be wild? It's one of those franchises where it gets better later on. And so we're laughing at this one, like the third one, it's like some actual movie. <laughs> Well, I I think that's what we deserve, honestly. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, agree. I mean, we deserve to have somebody say, "I I want to see this movie. It hasn't been made before, so I'm just gonna do what I can and make it. People like it, and then they show up, put money behind it, and then it could become the money that they're the the movie that we actually deserve to see. I mean, in a perfect world, I have I I have my doubts, <laughs> but. <laughs> But let's let me not be a negative Nancy. Let's just say that that's how it's gonna go. Uh, Ghoulish, I would love for an update. Um, yeah, I'll, if I'll... if the feedback is is what I'm saying right now, then sure, I'll totally jump in. 
but um, Hudhar is Hudhar, if you feel me. But I, I think it's so strange that like Killjoy is so loved in its own little cult following and vamps doesn't have that same following because personally i thought yeah i thought vamps was the more enjoyable movie Mm -hmm. neither like i said like we already prefaced this in the beginning none of these movies are good but vamps i thought there was i mean yeah it's not good but i thought there was like more there to rally behind there was a plot that i could follow even though it was not a great plot um and like it would mm, so is <laughs> the aesthetic is very 90s reality tv show it felt like the real world or cheaters <laughs> oh, <really>? <laughs> <laughs> but with vampires and like sketchy lingerie it, it felt like found lingerie is right now we're talking about earlier because yeah. like if you a vampire you seducing men your shit would match you're gonna be out here like your comfortable panties and like your lacy bra i'm like you're a vampire you've had the time <laughs> you've had the means <laughs> that's why this is hood horror somehow they've been alive since for like centuries and somehow they're still wearing the same lingerie right, it's a laundry year apparently and she is failing <laughs> um <laughs> and there were other things that were just like really wrong with it um but i think that it is it is not my least favorite today i'm not gonna visit any of these ever again but it's not my least favorite of today i would revisit um for sure vamps with a z just to show emilio i would show him because i'm curious to see what because he tried to watch the first few minutes and then he was just like um no but but i think that he would actually like you're saying there's there's a storyline to follow yeah so and there's funny parts and I also need to clarify, this is vamps with this Z that becomes sister vampires. There's another vamps out there, which I started watching, and I was like, this ain't it. And then I did some Googling, and so there's too many vamps, because that Z means ghetto horror, or hood horror, depending on the person who's producing. Yeah. And so people just slamming that Z all over the place. Um, I think it's why this one became sister vampires. Sister, not sister. Sister <laughs> vampires. Oh that God. one line, that one line, I think it's like towards the end. Where they try to like kill them. There's there's three vampires, right? And they're mm-hmm. the coven, and uh, the coven is being like threatened. And th- one of them is like, "Don't mess with the sisterhood." And me <laughs> on my couch, I was like, "Yeah, don't you need to leave? Don't mess with the sisterhood." That one <laughs> resonated with me. But honestly, when when did this movie came out? Like this came out like oh four. Yeah. Like somewhere between like 02 and 07, not somewhere in that, you know, meaty prime Y2K-esque. Um, but anyway, I think it's, I, I thought it was kind of slightly before its time. Like three women and they have this dude henchman that's like basically their bitch. Sassy, beautiful women who just stay inside all day and berate men, seduce them. <laughs> And then just eat them viciously. And then they'll talk about how much of pieces of shit they were after they eat them. <laughs> and I'm fucking sold. That's the life that I want for myself, <laughs> honestly. I'm and, halfway there. And even there's there's a little love interest. And so we get a little queer action going on too, which is very surprising for 2004 as, it is, as you know, not just the butt of a joke. 
there is actually this little romance there between two women and there was the discussion of you know should we turn her and then the other guy is like hey what about me and they're all like fuck you you're not gonna be no vampire you're not worthy but um i don't know i think it's equal parts necessary and legendary (laughs) just because i mean i would have loved vamps to have i mean i i guess they put a cap in it at the end so there couldn't have been any other sequels but hey just like black women covens just being sassy and demanding and and sexy and you know get what they want and running shit i'm with it they can get better lingerie though but they could do a sequel though they could like it could be similar to um how fright night did it where maybe like somebody related to the coven or like somebody in the coven comes looking for them like where the fuck did they go yeah and then the humans gotta pay I mean, you know. And that one dude lived, so maybe he, like, started another coven, and they were like, we don't need you none that we've made. Um, Because, like, they definitely got rid of all of the girls because they used that same skeleton. (laughs) They did. The same skeleton for each of them. I mean, granted, it was, like, a pretty cool display of, like, they didn't cut corners with with their gore. Um, I mean, the sunlight was burning them, and it was, you know, it was was right. It was right. It wasn't no 40 to the head, but it was right. I I just imagine a props person carrying around this like sludgy skeleton that'd be like, (laughs) wipe her down. (laughs) Do it again. (laughs) Wipe her down. (laughs) Wipe her down. Uh (laughs) I was definitely a fan though. I like, I enjoyed watching this one way more than. Somebody help me, even though this is way more of a ri- ridiculous movie. Listen, there was more love in Vamps than yeah. um, than in Somebody Help Me. Something about Somebody Help Me felt very cash grabby or grubby. It didn't oh, what like it was like a passion project yeah. at all. No, somebody saw it was like a hostel. Um, I know what you did last summer. Cabin in the Woods. Yeah. Yeah. It was totally like not reinventing the wheel at all. It was just like, yeah, what happens if we just put like R&B stars in there for the one time? Just to see what happens. And I think that's what makes it stand out as possibly the worst on this list is because at least the other ones seem to come from people who had ideas and or good intentions, even though it didn't stick the landing for various reasons, including budget and lack of support and other reasons. (laughs) Um, This one had all the things it could have had, but it had nobody driving it that actually gave a shit about the genre. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that's why it stands out in all of our minds as the one we could have finished. Yeah, totally. It looks the best. It definitely has the most money behind it, but somehow it's the least enjoyable because you can tell that the people behind this film don't really care to see this film. It's like this isn't something that they really wanted, but you can definitely say that for Snoop Dogg's Hood of Horror, Killjoy, and Vamps. Like Someone was like, yo, this movie doesn't exist. Let's do it with what we do have. And um, I did want to make this point, like hood horror is, it's it's not like dead or anything. I mean, now we have the emergence of jet horror, um, which is a a term that I like to use. I've adopted that from Prince from the the nightlife 
uh, Nightlight podcast, um, which he describes as Black Horror from 2010 to present. Um, and, you know, Black Horror and Hood Horror are definitely not interchangeable. <laughs> but, just like, I don't know if y'all knew this listening, but Black people do not spawn in the hood by default. <laughs> that's, mm-hmm. that's not how it happens. Mm-mm. But there are Hood Horrors in present day that are still doing the damn thing. Um, like, I don't know, uh, uh, that one with Chance the Rapper and he's like, oh, he becomes a werewolf. Um, oh. Yeah. I didn't get to see that one. No? Um, pause. I want to see that though because um, I like Chance. He's alright. Um, <laughs> That's what I was about to say. <laughs> I think Zazie Beats was in it too. Hold on. I love Zazie. Uh, I need to catch up on Atlanta because it came back but it came back quietly and so I like the four episodes behind now. Yes. Okay. So it's called Slice. It's a horror com- hood horror comedy. Came out in 2018 with Zazie and Chance the Rapper um, and a couple other folks that you may have seen before. Uh, but it's a it's a werewolf story, and it's it's kind of cool. And it it's the same thing. It it blends that the the two different communities of hip hop and rap in horror movies just to create something that you know, we want to see. Um, and it wasn't, it wasn't a crazy movie, but you know, we watch it and it's, it's cool to just appreciate that somebody wanted to make this film. So they did it. Um, and then, uh, a flying Lotuses movie Kuso, which was absolutely disgusting. Um, (laughs) absolutely disgusting, but Hey, he wanted to make a movie and he was like, shit, I'm going to fucking make a movie. Um, but besides the the money in it, I think, you know, horror doesn't take place in the hood in most cases, more often than not, does not take place in the hood. And if it does take place in the hood, it's going to be completely whitewashed and not an accurate representation of what the hood is, what these people sound like, what their social dynamic is like. Um, so I don't know. Somebody's got to do it. I don't know if y'all know Brandon Espy. No. He's he's one of us. He's in our horror community and he's a really cool dude. He's out in LA and he does these horror short films. And I would consider them hood horror um, because I think uh, a couple of them do take place in the hood. Uh, the one that I'm specifically thinking about is they're all short films. So I want to say like no more than like 10 minutes. And they all rule they all fucking rock um there's this his newest one it was called uh head Bussa, and it's just i mean i there's nothing i can say without giving it away because i'm pretty <laughs> sure it's only like seven minutes long but it's awesome i mean clearly like this dude had an idea brandon Espy, and he was like yo let's do this short film grabbed his homies his his filmmaking homies grabbed some people who you know that he, who can act, found somebody who can do uh, uh, practical effects, and just did it. And Love that. you can tell that this dude loves horror because it. I mean, just like Killjoy and Vamps, you know, there's there's substance there. I mean, it's obviously not a two hour long feature film or anything, but it has a beginning, middle, and end, uh, and you can tell it's got like horror heart. It's got horror hood heart with black folks with the representation that we need um, without being whitewashed or giving a 
different idea of what these communities are like. You know, like the hood isn't the scary part. It's what takes place in the hood, which is the mm -hmm. scary part. And that really only happens with independent filmmakers or people who are like, I want to see this movie, so I'm going to do it. Instead of what's his face, uh, uh, BTK, uh, uh, who's just like, hey, I got an idea. Let's make some money. Who's got money for me? Let's. This is going to make me a ton of money. Oh, the women love Omarion, which I did. So we I all did for it. Yeah, it was a time. You know, there's a thin line. But uh, for anybody listening, I definitely uh, suggest looking up Brandon Espy on Instagram or Twitter, just whatever. It's uh, look him up online. I think he's got like three of them under his belt now. He's a really cool dude. And horror shorts all the way. All the way. Because you said thin line. It reminded me. The people have not said they wanted a wig watch segment, but I'm going to give them a wig watch segment because <laughs> I'm willing to bet, <laughs> I'm willing to bet my computer, my microphone, and my earbuds that that was not Snoop's real hair in Hood of Horror, that golden shit. Because, like, if you notice, you only got the two braids and he always had a hat on. I've never seen Snoop wear a hat. <laughs> We're looking. Right? Mr. So, like, Gronus. Listen, the hairline of defense is here. I'm all some answers. <laughs> The hairline of defense has <laughs> arrived. And you know, Snoop is known for having really tight, tight right. hair. Always. Always. But you're not fooling us. The year is but, 2007 and we see you. We see and you. We see you. And you know you want to let people come in here with hair dye? Because you have, first time you got to bleach it or you got to put that gold shit in it that's going to like mess up the texture. He's not having that. He's Snoop. He got places to be. Uh -huh. He's like, put them two braids in that hat. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> Done. So yeah, I just need to say that. I need to duck off my chest. It's been sitting with me the whole recording. <laughs> it was it was a violent wig. It was very violent for a man who has money. I was like, um, did you go through a depression or something, Snoop? Did you lose a bunch of money? I didn't know because I was a child. Cause like, <laughs> what is this dry shit near your ears? Um, these two golden braids. And I was like, Oh, you my kind God. of like moisturizer for this era? No, um, it happens to the best of us. Do yo do. side note. <laughs> I was in the airport one time. I was flying to Atlanta to see my cousin. I was flying with my mom and my sister, and um, my mom has long blonde locks. And we were in the terminal and <laughs> waiting for to board our flight. And my mom sees this man who has long blonde locks, and uh, of course she saw that as a threat. And so she took the opportunity. Oh, his hair is so dry. He probably just had that shit sewn on. He's not taking care of his hair. He turns around and it's Fetty Wap. <laughs> That's iconic. <laughs> he turned around and we saw the eye. My sister was like, Mom, Mom. Shh, shh, shh. <laughs> See, it happens to the best of us. You could be Fetty Wap. You could be 1738. Hey, what's up? Hello. And you still got dry hair. Uh, you could be Snoop. <laughs> it could be I, just love, I just look at your mom <laughs> open the library on a rapper. <laughs> right. <laughs> She's fearless. She's like, I'll start a beef right now. Where you where you at? I want the smoke. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> she got bars. <laughs> <laughs> it was a moment. <laughs> <clears throat> 
before we close this shit up, I just want to say that um, if anyone out there is interested in checking out some hood horror, I do have a fantastic list that I made on my letterbox that um, it took me a long time. And there are a lot of hood horrors in there um, from the age of birth, uh, let's say early 2000s up until now. Um, and so I know this is kind of an untapped, untapped subgenre. So if anyone needed a directory, you can find it on my letterbox account if you want somewhere to start. Here for it. Um, so the next time we revisit this topic, we can have better choices. Yeah. Well, hey, I don't want to say better choices, <laughs> <laughs> but different choices. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. We'll have different choices. Uh, next time we come back with an order. <laughs> All right, y'all. So that was Blurdy Massacre. <laughs> if you enjoyed listening to us, please follow on Twitter and Instagram. Rate and review, preferably five stars, on Apple and or Spotify. And until next time, bye, y'all. <laughs>